Welcome back to Maury's Music. My name's Maury Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have a lot to talk about. Spoon, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Maury. I am eager to, uh, to open up about all sorts of guitarish things. I hope so, because we've done a lot of podcasts, and I don't think we can keep going week to week and keep going into the homes of these nice people without some real serious questions finally being answered. I have to ask you something. Sure. Would I lie to you if I said Spoon's first acoustic guitar was a Martin? That's incorrect. That's incorrect for minus 20 points. Um, No, it was not. My first acoustic guitar was... Uh, a con, a C-O-N-N, and since they make tubas and trumpets, obviously they didn't make it. It was some laminated uh, mahogany veneered uh, laminated top, basically a triple O 18 style. And uh, my brother won at shooting pool and um, he never played it and just ended up around the house. And I started to play it and my aunt gave me the old uh, Whitmark uh, Bob Dylan songbook and one thing led to another. Let's pause for a moment and listen to a sound sample of a con guitar. (laughs) You can find one. So, okay, well, two can play at this game. Would I be lying if I said that my Rich's very first guitar was an electric guitar? You are correct. You would not be lying. My very first guitar, I don't know the name of it. And it's so interesting. We're taping this show in the summer of 2022. And my childhood friend and person that got me involved in guitar at all, Steve Dacey, was visiting from Virginia back maybe a couple weeks ago. And we actually got to spend a little bit of time together. We talked about that guitar that he bought. It was something... I'll never even be able to describe what it was like, but maybe if it sort of resembled like a Fender Jazzmaster, it wasn't a Strat, it wasn't a Telly, and it wasn't a Les Paul. It was some funky shape, but an off-off brand. He bought it and got done with it and got something better and gave it to me. I played it for about a month or two, and I gave it to Bob Keek. Bob Keek played it and gave it to Dan Chak. And this guitar basically made the rounds. Here, you learn how to play. And once you learn how to play, you bought something better. My first guitar was whatever the heck that thing was called, but it most certainly was an electric. And you said that your first guitar was an off-off guitar. Explains a lot. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my turn. Spoon was born and raised in New York City. That's incorrect. No, I was actually born in a community called Findlay, Ohio, F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. There's also a Findlay, Ohio with E-Y over by Cleveland. That's not where I'm from. I'm from Findlay, Ohio. It is on I-75, just about 100 miles south of Detroit, uh, just south of uh, less than an hour south of Toledo, Ohio. Corn and soybeans, as far as the eye can see. And um, we were in the Blanchard Valley, which is a valley in name only because I think the highest point in the entire county is the statue of John Hancock on the courthouse. And uh, so, yeah, I grew up there. My mom grew up in New York City. And so three of her four children ended up living in New York City, including me. But um, I came here when I got out of school to direct plays, which I did for several years. And, uh, 
and play in bands, which I still do. We also would have accepted no. <laughs> I guess it's my turn. So I'm going to say, am I lying to say that Maury's music has been in three separate locations, but never more than two blocks from any one location? That's a lot of math. Let me think about that. You're correct. Good, I'm glad, because I wasn't sure if I was remembering correctly or not. <laughs> I think you have an unfair advantage because you've been here since the beginning and you've been in every building. Maury's music started out. After one year, we ended up moving around the corner and down the hill. After a few more years, back up the hill and down the road. And bonus points, after next year, or whenever this whole thing gets figured out, we're going to move again. And right now, as it stands in 2022... Our home is almost one full block away from the store. And when we move, we're going to move halfway home, and it's really going to help my commute. <laughs> Tremendously. Um, yes, indeed. I do have memories of all those places, but the way you describe it, I think someone will have to have been a geographer, surveyor, and probably female, since they say they're much better at imagining spatial relationships and direction in their mind than us poor pitiful men. And because I, I know exactly where all those places are and I was completely lost by your description. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I have a um, very fond memory of your original store that was in a old, old house, storefront house with big windows in the front. And I remember the, uh, the official grand opening party that was thrown and you were close enough to the cinema there that the owners of the cinema uh, allowed you to have some live performances on stage. And uh, that's where I first met Tim Teal. Had no idea who he was when he asked if I would be interested in doing some uh, writing and uh, presentation work for Martin Guitars. And only found out who he was after he left. So that was quite uh, flattering. Uh, the second store, I also remember what was basically the grand opening party of that store and um, with the cool panels on the walls and um, and some really cool guitars, the early, uh, the, I remember playing a, a OMJM for the first time. Uh, that was around the time when you had your limited edition Maury's Music, uh, what was basically a triple O 35 short scale version of the OM 35. I remember that very clearly and what a good time that was. Uh, this current store, of course, people know from the videos that you do, and sometimes with me. And I'm, you know, I'm very fond of it, but I can't wait until you guys get the uh, amazing new space uh, remodeled and, and open up there. That's going to be very exciting. Well, I hope you can wait because it's taken forever. Mm. So my turn. Part of what you just said ruins this next question. <laughs> Would I be lying to say Spoon has never performed at a Maury's music event? Well, I think we know what a liar you are because, <laughs> yes, yes, I actually was uh, asked to perform at the very first Maury's music event. So I um, was quite proud of that. And uh, then nobody threw tomatoes. And I'm even prouder of that. So, uh so, yes, that was a very good time. Um, Are these tomatoes ripe enough to eat? 
oh, that poor guy. Well, I certainly <laughs> hope so. <laughs> All right, bonus question, and you should allow our listeners a few seconds to answer. Who else performed at that original event? I give up. Howard Emerson. <laughs> oh, Howie, I've totally forgot about that. Oh, I feel bad about that. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, people not familiar with uh, Howard Emerson, marvelous fingerstyle performer, member of Billy Joel's band long ago, and uh, back in the old days when Billy Joel was first really taking off and uh, toured with Billy Joel. Lives on Long Island. Check him out. His CDs are totally worth uh, buying and uh, owning. So Howie Emerson, uh, old pal, goes way back. We go way back now, pre-UMGF and, and uh, Maury's music, in fact. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very good time. So speaking of New York in a roundabout way, would I be lying to say that Maury and Spoon both have the same favorite football team? Ooh, I hope not, because I do not like the Browns. <laughs> yes, but I was implying New York, since obviously you're a New York Giants fan. Everybody knows that. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> oh, so, but, so, but oh, I'm sorry, of course you live in Pennsylvania, so you've got to be a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. Shut your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I am a lifelong, I don't know why, fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Please don't turn this program off. I'm sorry. I don't know how. My dad used to watch him and it just it leaked onto me and he's not here to defend himself, but I like the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys and Spoon is probably just the biggest, if not most enormous Johnny Manziel fan. And I, I is that is that where you or was it Baker Mayfield? Is that where you fell in love with the Brownies or Explain, explain thing, your, you know, your I, problem. I most certainly will not say it leaked on to me. What a terrible expression. But yeah, it was my, <laughs> the Browns were my dad's team. They were not my initial team growing up. Of course, I couldn't like my dad's team at the time. But yeah, I, you know, in honor of my father, I'm, uh, he actually knew some of the Browns. He had gone to Ohio State Law School and, and did some law work for um, Jim Houston, who was a, uh, a linebacker and defensive end, who was an absolute monster spectacular player this we're going back to the you know Leroy Kelly days and before that but um no I I you know I tease Maury uh, about his cowboy you know um fandom but you know really when it comes down to it we all have our faults oh some <laughs> of this is getting edited yeah no I, I I've always admired the cowboys I admired the heck out of them in the Staubach years and then when I was a little boy I rooted against them, but I certainly, they were not never one of the evil bad guy teams that people have, particularly when you're a kid. And, you know, I grew up with the Baltimore Colts um, because they were the Browns' major rival, probably. I feel sorry for my dad. That didn't occur to me at the time. I thought it was because, you know, they looked like they had, you know, sort of cavalry uniforms. And I liked the John Wayne cavalry pictures, I guess. <laughs> Rin Tin Tin, all that stuff. But, um, but that might have been my uh, connection. But then my favorite, uh, this is showing my age again, they were my favorite National League team. My favorite American League team were the Oakland Raiders. And, uh, and then when the merge happened, you know, I was still quite young, I'll say. When the merge happened, then the Raiders and the uh, Colts ended up in the first AFC championship game. That was, it was, a, that was a downright uh, difficult thing to have to 
choose between those two teams. But um, oh, it's always terrible when your two favorite teams make it that far. I I know how that feels. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you're really that old that the Cowboys actually were made it that far. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh it. man, uh, this program's taking such a sour turn. Right, we um, go off. Let's yes. Well, so anyway, okay. Just the last football note is that tomorrow. My two favorite football teams are playing, which is Manchester City and West Ham United are playing in London Stadium tomorrow at 11.30. So for those of you who have uh, Peacock, um, like I do, to watch Premier League, that's today's the first weekend of their football season. Um, so it's your turn to ask a question. I'm already bored and all you did was talk about that kind of football. <laughs> so Liar, I have another question for you. Mm. Mari started playing guitar at a younger age than Spoon. True or false? I will say that's true. I was 14 years old and I shouldn't even make the X sound because I don't know when you started playing guitar. Oh, well, I stand corrected because I started at 13. I think I can say that's the first time I tried to like, you know, figure something out on a guitar. I was 13. Wow, that's that's crazy. I, I just thought you started when you were like 42. <laughs> See, I, we all learned something on this program. Now it's your turn. Okay, Mari has never visited Spoon in New York City. Yes, I have. Don't you remember? I actually do, but I always thought it was an interesting story, so you could... Yeah, gave you an excuse to talk about coming to New York City. Those are the good times. And I, I could get from my part of Pennsylvania through the tunnel. And then I start looking around like the sky is falling. And it's just so funny that on our side of the tunnel, it seems like there's a couple of roads and a couple of turns. And getting into the city, at least at your part of the city, it, it seemed like it was immediate car chaos. And Lori and I could uh, could be just driving down the road like a happily married couple. And we get to your side of that tunnel. It's like, where the hell are we supposed to turn? <laughs> I only have really, really vague memories of, of being there, but it's sad to say it felt like it was the beginning of a lot of visits, and I don't think I've been back there twice. Well, I remember the first time you came there, we met at Tony Phillips's house and hung out. And um, But then I remember the second time, out of the blue, you know, wonderful guy that you are, I get a call asking me if I... I wanted to go see Jackson Brown at the Beacon Theater. I'd never been to the Beacon Theater. I hadn't seen Jackson Brown since uh, way back. And I was, you know, quite impressed because we didn't know each other that well. And I got there and that's where I met your brother and your sisters and your mom. Um, had all come into the Beacon on a night of freezing rain. Yeah. And, and you made those poor people sit up in the balcony so you could sit down in the orchestra with me. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Guilty, but you were the big, you were the big uh, Jackson Brown fan. And, and I had been since I was 13. And just, uh, it was a very special night for him too, because he had just been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the night before and got to do a show at the Beacon, you know, for all his fans and, that was, uh, that was, you know, I think that was one of the uh, 
seminal events that I've uh, attended in New York City, and that was all thanks to you. So hats off. Well, I'm pop. glad. If you ever want to do something else important in the city and you need help, just call me again and I'll show up. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, yes, but that was a great night. And, um, and I never saw as many dolled up, uh, fancy, pretty 50-year-old women in one place at any one time. All these <laughs> girls that had, you know, grown up, but when they were girls, they were, you know, in love with Jackson Brown and boy, did they show up, uh, you know, all those years later. So I'll never forget that. But, it wasn't uh, because of us? It wasn't because of us, sad to say. So my turn. Spoon has never lost a tripod camera attachment part in Mari's music studio. <laughs> well, actually, that's true, because I found it at home. <laughs> that was a trick question. For about a week, it was true. For about a week, we thought it was true. I thought I had left a piece of my, the tripod, that, the part that connects to the camera, but I did find it in my suitcase and it's stuffed down in a little corner, so. But you did leave a piece of your heart here. I did indeed, and it's in your backyard, which brings me to another <laughs> question. Uh, Maury has never made Spoon clean Maury's pool. Mari has never made Spoon clean Mari's pool. This is a trick question because I know Mari has asked Spoon to clean my pool. Fair enough. <laughs> I know Spoon's been in a dirty pool in on my property. I know that's true. Uh, did you really, does it count that you had the skimmer in your hand walking around and you were like... I will say the answer is no, you did not make me. I volunteered to do it because I'm, I'm just a nice guy and I know you're busy. So I'm not really I'm happy with the implication because I didn't make you does not automatically mean you did it. It just means you were in the pool and while you were relaxing, I know you had that skimmer attachment where if you might have like taken four mosquitoes out of my pool, I guess that counts as cleaning. <laughs> well, that was this year. But yes. But anyway, it is one of my uh, it's one of, you know, the, the times that I get to go to Coaldale. Uh, when it gets to be swimming pool weather, and I'm actually there long enough to enjoy the fabulous uh, lawn and the swimming pool in Maury's backyard, it's always a uh, it's always a treat. It always makes me not want to leave and come back to the city. Well, thank you very much. It's very kind of you to say. My turn. Fired up. Spoon has never been to one of Maury's gigs. That is not true. No, I have been. In fact, I just went to one uh, the last time I was in Pennsylvania in Jim Thorpe of all places, and they were really good. I was really impressed. I had wanted to hear the shell shock Churchills forever in person. Go on. And, <laughs> and I, I have to say, I, you know, I, I was, uh, and, uh, and I really enjoyed the crowd. It's always a good sign when, when the crowd who doesn't know who you are gets absorbed in the performance and stuff. So that was a great treat. Listen, you guys do your classic rock thing and Tim, the virtuoso, and uh, your bass player playing bass on the keyboard, which I realize is, is necessary at times. And, uh, and your drummer, what is your drummer's name again? Rob. Rob, he's, he just, he's excellent. Yeah, I was really impressed. I enjoyed it very much. You were all right, but those guys were really great. <laughs> 
my only regret, that was a fun night, but my only regret, the week after that, we played another place in Jim Thorpe, and during soundcheck, and you didn't get to see it because you weren't in town, Jody played Asia from Steely Dan, but he sang it in the voice of Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> that guy is a cut-up, I have to say. He's super funny. Yeah, that, that band's a lot of fun, and it, it's true. I was a liar. It's not fair to say you haven't been at one of my gigs, and you would not forget it. Quite so, quite so. And and I would say, I also remember you coming all the way to New York City to perform at Freddie's Back Room. When years ago, you and Jim Monahan came and did a set on a band night that I had. And uh, that was, I, I guess that was the first time I saw you do it like a full uh, set performance. And that was great fun. And it's okay that you don't remember because... Oh, I, I remember. No, I'm just, I'm tearing up myself because you just ruined another question you were going to ask me. Was I going to ask you a question uh, uh, like, has Maury ever attended a Spoon Phillips performance? Yes, he has. And you just gave it away because you performed there too. I guess I did <laughs> perform that night, didn't I? Because sometimes I would do band nights and I wouldn't actually perform. But I guess I did. I forgot about that. So. Oh, I remember it. It was a, it was a banger. And I, uh, I can't get over how well we're taking these notes and reading right through them. <laughs> all right ask me another one okay has Murray and spoon ever recorded an album together what do you think listeners have we ever recorded an album together i guess if we hurry we could quickly record an album together and then post this podcast after that happens i'm so sad to say we have not that's correct we have not and uh, it would be fun to do, actually. I would love to uh, to find a way to do that. Maybe once the new studio's finished in the new Mari's Music in Coldale, Pennsylvania. Maybe. And, and those of you guys wondering, it's been all about the management so far. It's 20 years in the making. We just cannot get the contract written the right way where one of us is really okay with all the terms, but we're still working <laughs> at it and we're not going to give up. It's a contract extension problem like the NFL has, and we're going to get it done. <laughs> well, at least you're married to your agent. <laughs> She's a toughie. Um, <laughs> all right, my next question for Spoon. Would I be lying if I were to say that I know what the next question is on this list? <laughs> I would say you are lying. My next question for Spoon, Mari and Spoon met at the first UMGF Martinfest in 2002. Yes, that is correct. I remember I was playing, sitting on a picnic bench in a trillion degree heat <laughs> under a tin roof shelter that had no shade on it. So you could fried eggs on it. And I was singing David Crosby's song, The Lee Shore or Lee Shore, and I opened my eyes, and here was this fella grinning at me like the Cheshire Cat. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out to be Mari Rich. Um, and that was great fun. Uh, great fun day. I'm walking through this crowd of people I don't know, and just like you're walking into the first day of school, you want to gravitate to people who have similar interests. I hear somebody playing and singing David Crosby, and I cannot believe I'm here and I finally get to 
make some music with Spoon and we, came, we became fast friends that uh, before the song was over. Similar things happened for both of us throughout that small crowd. And that was back when NASFest was only two days long and it was probably still called NASFest. And I thought, well, I'm only an hour from Martin. What I'll do, I'll be smart. I'll go to Martin Fest. I'll pal around with some people. And if it's fun, I'll go back the next day. But I'm not going to get a room at the hotel like everyone else. What's the point of that? I, I'll save the money. I'll be, I'm home in 45 minutes. That makes no sense to me. So the next day I go back and I have a, a dentist appointment before I get to go back to Martin. So I get my tooth all numbed up. I don't know if it was a filling or what it was, but I, had a, I could barely move my jaw. And all I remember is, what did I do that for? I'm going to go to this second day of so much fun <laughs> making music and singing, and I can't even move my mouth. So the second day I was there, uh, just as much fun, but I couldn't really have as, as much a good time as I wanted to because my, my jaw was just numb shut. And then the big frying pan in the face, I go home after that having a great time, and I see, speaking of Spoon's Martin Fest Journal, I see all the posts of the real fun that happened at the hotel overnight, and I missed every second of it. Yes, I had actually forgotten that, a whole dentist story. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, but I'm glad you came back and started hanging out at the hotel, because... That we had some great times uh, over the years together. And uh, as you well know, we don't play very much together at Martin Fest because we're always on the move, always. There's eight zillion other people that we want to see and play with, and sometimes we forget. So it was great fun on the last night of Martin Fest this year to actually sit right next to you and play songs. And, and uh, you know, and we actually played Lee Shore, and you played with me and sang with me. So that goes all the way back to the day we met. Um, that song, we have that connection. Am I a liar to say that I know and perform way more songs by Crosby, Stills, Nash, and or Young than you do? It's going to be hard to fact check this. I probably know, and we're going to say no, like I know so many songs, but you really know them enough to sing them. I probably perform 25-ish well, the answer is most definitely yes. So that's incorrect for 20 points because I'm infamously uh, famous, or how do you say that? I'm infamous for not knowing a lot of songs and just faking it when you play them. Oh, really? Well, like, now he tells like, me. Well, like wooden ships, I, every year I say, you know, I'm really going to learn how to play that song, which we didn't do this year. But instead, I just, you know, vamp you know, lead guitar stuff and hog all the lead guitar stuff because I don't know the song. Ah. No, you know way, way more than me. Um, I do, um, I do right now, I don't think I, other than Lee Shore and Triad, um, uh, see the changes I used to do, but I haven't done that in a zillion years. Ah. Um, that's one I do that seems still song. That's from that record. It's my favorite song, uh, uh, tune from that record. Um, but yeah, you do Southern Cross. You do well, like you said, you do twenty-five of them, and and you do them well. So I've always been very and and if you're not singing lead, you're singing the Graham Nash harmony. So that's always uh, always a treat. So yeah, you you well, blow me you. out of the water where that is. I may know them well enough to know all the words, like you said, but I I don't perform them. Huh. Even the Neil Young stuff, I do. Um, uh, what do I do? I do. I believe in you. And I think that may be the only Neil Young song I have worked up that I can actually perform. 
Well, now you're being a liar, but I, I get your point. If, if you're counting songs where you play parts from things and you maybe don't do them in your uh, solo shows, but I, I thought it was going to be a close call because when I think of you and when I see you in a song circle, uh, right or wrong, I kind of think we could sit down and do all that stuff because we both can. But what you're probably saying is you can't start the song and have me fill in your you're going to be the accompanist. And I honestly didn't know that about you. Even in 2022, you could have kind of faked me and lied right there. And I don't know that I would have caught you. My, well, my brain only holds so many songs. I'm not one of those people that remember eight zillion songs. So I have to work them up, you know, if, if there's somebody else's songs. And I did not have time to do that this year. You know, I worked up that new song that I did that one night in the song circle, but uh, that I didn't write. But um, yeah, I didn't have time to go in and look at the Eagle songs and Jackson Brown songs and all those things. So I'm glad you and other people did. So I got to, I got to vamp along. So. Well, thank so, you. And I appreciate you catching that moment on camera when Jim Adams came up to me uh, all scotched up and said, let's break the no take it easy rule right now. <laughs> that was so fun. And it was hilarious when Doug, super moderator, immediately fined him <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> he enjoyed the song. He sang along. And then he said, yeah, I forget what he said. You know, that unfortunately, that'll be a $75 fine for <laughs> yeah. whatever it was. That was pretty funny. We didn't yeah. mention that part of, of the Martin Fest podcast, but you can certainly go home with some tickets if you try playing something like that. And for people who are not familiar with Martin Fest and you want to listen to the podcast, we used to play Take It Easy like 20 times during the weekend when we first started coming to Martin Fest because it was one of the big sing-alongs. And then, you know, people, as a joke, basically banned it the way that, you know, they banned Stairway to Heaven from the guitar store in Wayne's World. But, um, <laughs> it, it is kind of funny when somebody plays a song no one's ever heard of before in a song circle and they start to make a face I'm like listen that could be take it easy too so shut up and learn another song with us and, and appreciate the, the variety of the spice of life um i'm a big fan of take it easy you know because i don't play it all the time you know and <laughs> i also prefer jackson brown's what i call the original version even though the eagles released theirs a little earlier than jackson brown but i yep. still prefer jackson brown's version uh, with no banjo and and more pedal steel, but um, and I did try to go into Our Lady of the Well afterwards, but I I couldn't pull it off, and nobody would have uh, they would have they would have thrown those Rotten Tomatoes at me if I did that. So gorgeous song, one of the songs that really pulled uh, David Lindley into my consciousness as a sideman. Uh, right, really tasteful second guitar work all the way through that record. But but anyway, now we're now we're getting all nostalgic and. And people are getting lost in our memories, but yes, it's, uh, but yeah, we do go way back and we still have things we don't know about each other. Um, you know, I didn't know about that little bull and rose tattoo that Maury has and <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Nobody knows about that. <laughs> just kidding. Cause it doesn't exist. I'll just say for the record, but, um, all right. Two final questions, and I, I could sort of hear that music coming from around the bend, and I bet you after you ask me this question, when I begin to ask you the next one, we're going to be almost at the bottom of this bottomless podcast. Would I be a liar to say, Spoon cannot read music? I will have to confess that's a yes. I'm able to, uh, back when I was in a rock band in the 90s, I was able to like sit down and figure out like I had to take a piano chart and figure out the solo to Bohemian Rhapsody. 
And there were just things I really had to sit down and say, okay, well, I know that's a quarter note and I know that's an F and I know that, you know, but no, I can't, I can't read music. Uh, just like the Beatles uh, and Bob Dylan, I can't read music. So I'm in good company. You are just like the Beatles. I was going to say that. So <laughs> you mean really old? Um, no, I meant like Pete Best. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, okay. So then I have a question. Would I be lying if I said that Maury can't read? <gasps> Do you remember that one girl from the team on A League of Their Own that couldn't read? Yes, I do. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not like her. I can read really good. <laughs> really well. Um, well. <laughs> so I'm certain, I'm certain that Everyone, like me, is looking very forward to the miniseries of A League of Their Own that's coming out. Though I don't think that's what it's going to be called, but it was inspired by the movie. And they are doing a miniseries uh, that is delving into more, uh, much more into the real, uh, real story. Oh, really? Yeah, instead of sort of the romantic Hollywood version. And so that'll be very cool for those of you who have the ability to read the New York Times. There was just an article this week about it with an interview uh, with the um, with the woman who is uh, playing uh, the woman that the Gina Davis character was b uh, based on, so oh, wow. yeah, very cool. Will John Lovitz be in it? Sadly, no. He was the best part of that movie, if you ask me. Oh, he was yeah, he was just great. He was well, he was always great. But yes, I remember uh, when he was alive and in New York City and at an event, and he was saying that he was going to. You know, like a lot of people, he was going to start a, a, an acting school where he was going to teach uh, acting schmacting. <laughs> <laughs> that was his technique, his own, like Stanislavski had his technique and Stella Adley had his technique. The love technique was going to be acting schmacting. Um, well, I, I think that's what we just did. And I had a good time doing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this was fun. I hope, uh, I hope other people enjoyed it. I haven't, uh, like, turned off their... Uh, turned off their monitor, unplugged their headphones, thrown them in the garbage. But uh, <laughs> I think if you're being honest, that's a very, very small percentage of our listeners that did that. <laughs> well, Spoon, you know what the music means. I think we are out of time. Uh, one last follow-up question from League of Their Own. I want to ask you to tell me, did Gina Davis drop that ball on purpose at the end or not? My lips are sealed. From all of us at Mari's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Mari's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurismusic.com. <laughs>